So afternoon all. Um, today we're, we're beginning a new series, so I must have felt to many people like we've been in the Psalms for a really long while, and I hope that was as encouraging for you as it was for me. I, I, really, I really love that, particularly um, getting into some of that, that darker, harder, more challenging stuff, um, but also knowing where it ends. Um, and today we're starting a series on what I would call the Beatitudes, but maybe that's, that's a different <laughs> pronunciation. Um, and I, I trust by now that people are aware, you're up to date, um, with the fact that I'm hoping to have as little time up here as possible to be speaking, and in fact to be handing it off to people um, in the congregation. That's the ultimate plan. And I feel like a teacher at this moment, and people who are doing their their eye looking away when I stand across. <laughs> it's just like, no, yep, not me, not me. So, um, but I, the Beatitudes, as David said, are, are right at the beginning of Jesus's long um, and probably most famous and certainly astonishing Sermon on the Mount, uh, where he describes the, the reign of God, what he calls the kingdom of God. And, and so also describes what it might look like to be people who belong to that kingdom and subscribe to its 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 values and its purposes for this world. So rather than me do this attempt to hypothetically talk about what it might look like for people in this community to live in a kingdom way, I thought maybe it would be better for us to tell our own stories and to make those connections tangible and real and lived uh, and familiar and maybe less theoretical and more um, honest and, and humble and true. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is addressed to disciples. Uh, that is, people who were learning to live according to this new reign of God, which was announced by Jesus. And I think as people, um, and you know, I think for most of us here, we would think in some way that we are attempting, however failingly or falteringly, to model our own lives on the values of this kingdom that we've been preaching about for the whole year. Um, and modeling our lives on the hopes of that kingdom. And so my desire is that as we go through this, we will see aspects of our lives represented in these radical lines. Um, that we will see a vision of hope for our future, that we will see a challenge to the way um, that we live, that we will feel solidarity. And I guess that was what my email was about in some ways, the solidarity with people whose lives are not like our own. Um, and that we see that God's reign on earth in our, uh, that we might see God's reign on earth in, in our lives and in our communities. So this is my, my, my grab. Please consider during one of the upcoming weeks, and there's a, there's, it's been up there for about six months, the, uh, the list of things, um, but please consider sharing during one of these weeks about the ways in which your own life might intersect with a little bit of what this kingdom business is, um, that the Beatitudes are describing. So I don't have any slides, which is unlike me, uh, but we're going to skip pretty quickly into some more personal and communal reflection that Renee will run for us. Um, but, and I think that this activity again, maybe I'm being a little underhanded, maybe this activity will spark for you a moment of being like, yeah, I might talk about this one. Um, but I thought before we do this, that I should very briefly introduce us to what is happening in this famous, revolutionary, what so many people have called an upside-down list of blessings. So the Beatitudes have this weird name um, for a really simple reason, because they begin with a word that was translated as Beatus in Latin, um, which is 
a word in Greek that Renee would pronounce better than I would, but it's something like makarioi. Uh, and it means blessed, right? Blessed or happy or hopeful or joyful, which of course are not all the same thing, and I'll talk about that. Um, our translation of this word has led, I think, to a great deal of misunderstanding around the Beatitudes, in part because, and I'm sure you felt this, when you read the Beatitudes, they don't really seem to describe the world as it is, right? Um, mourners go uncomforted often. Uh, many who seek justice don't see it in their lives. What is blessed about that? The Beatitudes are an announcement. They're not an analysis. The good thing is starting to happen. It is literally that word gospel. It is an announcement of a better way. In this sense, the Beatitudes are not Jesus telling people how to behave, but instead it is Jesus telling those people who mourn, who are poor in spirit, who are meek, that you are in good shape. The kingdom is open to people just like you. In fact, many people whose lives are marked by those characteristics precisely the kinds of people who are called into the kingdom of God. And God is delivering them. They are taking part in his kingdom. So in this sense, that word blessed, right? Beat us, the Beatitudes, might be better understood as hopeful. You might say equally hopeful are the meek or hopeful are the poor in spirit. Jesus is pointing to a God who is doing something new, who is engaging the world with mercy and with endless compassion and a liberating justice. This God welcomes the poor and the low and the downcast and the peacemakers and the merciful and the persecuted and the indigenous people. And so the question that came up to me first was, does my life, do our lives reflect this same hope? Do we share God's compassion for these kinds of people, these kingdom people? But then there's another challenge with this word blessed, um, which is that often we think about blessing as something which is a kind of benefit, right? And we might think that the Beatitudes is a list of a kind of moral ideal. If you want to be blessed, live like this. And I thought, is Jesus saying blessed are the poor in spirit because being poor makes them virtuous? And because of that, they get what virtuous people get, which is the kingdom of heaven. Or is he saying, blessed are the poor in spirit because God is gracious and God is acting to deliver you, to deliver those who are poor in spirit? The first way of understanding it says, if you live by these ideals, you get the rewards of the kingdom. The way to get blessing is to act in this way. But the Beatitudes are not like this. They speak to disciples who are already being made participants, even in Matthew, being made participants in this new kingdom through the grace of God. The Beatitudes are not a promise of some distant well-being, right? Some success in the future. If you're just meek now, eventually you'll get it in the end. They are instead a celebration that God is already at work. They're not based on the perfection of the disciples, but they're anticipating that God will be gracious to you, even if you're in this case, even if you are mourning, even if you, oh, well, if you're a peacemaker, if you're merciful, you're already experiencing that grace in the person of Jesus. And so in this way, I thought maybe instead of blessed, instead of beatitude, instead of hopeful, we might think of them as 
joyful, right? Joyful are the peacemakers. Joyful are the merciful. Joyful are the, are the poor in spirit. Because the Beatitudes are about God's gracious deliverance and our joyful participation in this kingdom. You are blessed because God is not distant and absent from you, even in the midst. The poor are blessed, not because they're morally perfect, right? Which is an old-fashioned idea. But because God, and I would say God especially, wants to rescue the poor. And we can talk about that. The kingdom is a new reality where the poor in spirit experience the joy of a God who is for them, right? You're blessed because God is for you. And this, I think, raises the question, are we participating in the joyful deliverance of the poor and the oppressed, the humble, the needy, the weak, and the low? So that's my really brief intro to the Beatitudes. Um, it's an announcement of good news for people whose lives do not reflect worldly comfort, but instead find hope in God's grace. The Beatitudes are a joyful reminder that God's kingdom is upside down and that his love is merciful and compassionate and just. And they are also an invitation to disciples, right? They preach to disciples to say to them, you're called into the kingdom of God through God's grace. So what choices will you make? What values will you have? What will you set your heart on? What will be your life's work in this new space? So with that being said, I'm going to hand over to Renee, who's going to lead us in a little activity.